Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where, do you, where do you come from, Greg? <laughs> I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. <sighs> what if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in the studio. You got me in studio. I got Daniel in studio. Uh, but the point being I'm in, I'm back in my studio. Now, if this is the first episode of my podcast you've ever heard, welcome. There's a robust back catalog for you to explore, but you might be thinking, bitch, I don't care where you're sitting, to which I would say, wow, starting off on a somewhat aggressive foot, are we not? But I get it. The world is on fire. It's a very weird time to be alive. Progress is being made. However, there's a lot of things that are... What am I saying? I don't know. I've taken this joke too far. But also, if they have a problem with that question, then they probably shouldn't listen because 90% of what you talk about is where Where, you're sitting. Where my butt is? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego, but it's just where in the world is Allison's tushy? Also known as Carmen Sandiego. (laughs) Tushy is a word that I don't think I ever used until I had kids. Oh, well. Tush and tushy. Well, so my OBGYN, when I was pregnant with Elliot, called it a tush. So be like, bring, bring your tush down here. <laughs> and she just meant like lower on the table, not like mm. I'm handing out, like I'm handing out ice cream. Bring your tushy down here, yeah. which would be a weird way to eat it. But um I feel like I used it, but I don't know. Tush and tushy? I think I I just said butt. I used tuchas. You did not. I did. Really? Yeah. My parents said tuchas, but not all the time. Mostly they said hiney. Hiney. What did your your guardians call your I have no memory of that kind of shit. I I don't remember what anyone said or how they said it. You don't? Nope. Oh, man. My parents used all sorts of euphemisms. And the one that my sister and I think Probably is... Probably tush. I mean, I think. We were a strictly Heine household. But... <laughs> yeah, <Heine> house. <laughs> Heine house. But also, that's like, are you rushing the Heine house? Like What's a, that? Like an Alpha Chi Heine. Oh. By the way, anyone out there who's in a Heine house, let us know. <laughs> house. Um, yeah, I don't think we were a Heine house. We were a tushy house. Can I tell you the craziest... No, I'm not even sharing the craziest euphemism. I think that's a Patreon-only thing. No, but the euphemism that my sister and I crack up a lot about Mm. is it was pooey and pissy. (laughs) (laughs) I know! Wait, that's what... Was that your folks would say? Pooey? Pooey and pissy? Pooey's the one you have more of a problem with. Pissy's the one that we have more of a problem with. It's like... Why is it adding the why makes it worse well here's the thing that my sister and i think is hilarious about it 
pissy, piss is a more vulgar term than pee. Yeah. So, but it it just takes like a kind of obscene or vulgar thing and make like adds a y to it pp is is cuter if you need a cute term for urine true okay but like on the poo one it's like poo is a thing right it's like okay poo whatever yeah sure pooey (laughs) is like it's it's just more it, it it's it's more of a descriptor right it's oh like like that performance was real pooey but it's like saying it's like adding. It's like, shitty. it's like saying the poo is pooey as well. It's like it's like chocolate with chocolate sauce. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, we say poopy though. Yeah, poopy though is still a noun. Pooey is an adjective. In my house, it was a noun. See, it's not though. To me, it's not, and so it's like to say it's a noun means it's both. In which case, it's it's just. It, I don't know. It gives me the 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 heebie-jeebies, the hoopy poopies. Yeah. Anyway, what I was saying is, you just shuddered. Is yeah. it that disturbing to you? Uh. <laughs> well, no one said it in that way. <laughs> you're you're like, oh, did you go like, <laughs> Honey, have you gotten pee? <laughs> out of your hiney? All no, right, they right. never said that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's right. We're back in the studio. Oh, yeah. If you're listening for the first time, why do you care? Uh, a lot. I have a lot of things to say about that. But basically, we were forced to record in the house. But now we're back in the dedicated <laughs> studio. <laughs> bring this up every week. <laughs> because there's like three people who are super irritated by it. And to them, I say, Haha, who has the microphone Folks, now? If you're truly irritated by it, don't say anything. <laughs> and by the way, was one of those people me? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, we're in the studio, and boy, is it... I was going to say, is it grandular, which is not even a word. Boy, are your arms tired? <laughs> it's... it's um, what is the word I'm looking for? Grand, Not grandiose. Spectacular? Grandular is nothing. No, it's not grandular. Grandular is not... Grandular? Even, yeah. Is that a word? <laughs> it's like... It's when something is grand on a granular level. Uh, it is, uh, grand. Jiller. All right. It's grand jiller. I'll roll with it. If you like what you're hearing. (laughs) And and, and how could you? (laughs) If you like what you're hearing, I would suggest that you're not discriminating enough. Please see. (laughs) If you like what you're hearing added to what you've heard before, or if you're just getting a good vibe. Could I implore you, and I have a story about implore in a moment, could I beseech you, could I beg you on a granular level to please leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps out the show so much. And my story is in college, my friend Elisa was applying for a job and she implored them to hire her and not quite knowing what implore means. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a terrible story. Wait. I implore you to... She said... You mean she said to them, In I her cover you. letter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where was she applying? Good. She... Like some mall store? No, it was like a um, juvenile detention facility. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But they hired her. 
it worked. Impl- so implore. I have to look. What is what is the actual definition of implore? I got to look that up. It's in... almost like a, a, a cotton bat. I have learned how bad I am at trying to define. Well, this is interesting. Ideas lately. Yes. And you've learned that because our three-year-old asks us what things mean all the time. And then we fumble. Because often the definition involves things he also doesn't understand. So it's yes. that thing where you're trying to define things on a... Um, granular level. <laughs> granular <laughs> level. Okay, go ahead. It's when you're talking to someone that's either like super drunk, asleep, or doesn't speak the same language as you, and you realize they are not getting all of this anyway, so you're just talking to yourself. That's how I feel sometimes trying to explain things right. to Elliot when he's sober even. Okay, so this means something a little bit different than what I thought. Implore means beg someone earnestly or mm. desperately to do something. I thought I it was like... beg has to do with it. I thought it was commanding someone to do something. Like, I implore you. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm wrong. Are you happy now? You know, a little bit happier. <laughs> yeah. Like that podcast, 10% Happier? It's just about when I'm wrong, and it's also just about you. I don't know. Ten percent is the right amount. I mean, but like every time you're wrong, it's a little bit. I'm a little bit happier. So there's some um, things I want to get into. Yeah, but I feel like first it is our responsibility as human beings on this earth to acknowledge what's going on. And I did, in a joking manner, acknowledge it a little bit, but. Um, it's, I don't know, I've lost track. How many days into the protests are we? I'd say I, it's not an obligation. It's just, it's on our minds and we want to acknowledge it. Like, I think, you know, since the last time we recorded, so much has happened and it would just be weird to to go on, I think, right? Am I wrong? Can I be full disclosure here? Yeah. If I were, and see, part of my whole thing the the promise I make to myself every time I have a birthday is like, I'm just going to trust myself more because uh, I spent years on this earth. The smallest of decisions I had to make, I had to inquire what everyone else around me thought because I didn't even have an internal voice. And I feel like recently I've sort of, through therapy and just getting older and all that, I've been like, oh, I do have an internal voice that I can connect with. Um, so I'm just going to trust my gut more. Like this, me, 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 me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, have you thought about this? I mean, what about this? Excuse me. Your internal voice is like, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, my internal voice says, I don't know. What do you think? Have you considered this other thing? All right. Sorry. If it were me, mm. which it is. Mm, it is you. I would just talk about what we want to talk about and then let it come up naturally. Right. And it wouldn't feel forced. However, I received <clears throat> a tweet, and that's the a is to indicate just one. However, it always feels bigger from someone saying, I love the show, but I had to shut it off right. because I didn't hear you mention what was going on in the world after 10 minutes. And I wrote back and I said, well, that's a shame because we talked at length about it, right. um, which you would have heard if you had stuck around for a little bit longer. And also, uh, I believe... I even addressed it in the intro of Brian Keith Diaz, who had been right. to the protests, and we I knew I mentioned we were going to get into all that. <laughs> and then she kind of apologized, and she's like, "I'm just not in a I think. place right now, or whatever." I, uh, everyone, so it is. Uh, it's not about. Well, this is about me 
but in general, it's not about me, whatever. This is not a humongous problem or whatever, but I, I just want people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Should we start over? I mean, it's your show, honey. No, really, should we? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to start over. (laughs) This is nine minutes of gold, even though we're already 11 minutes in. um, Yeah, I'm starting a GoFundMe for people who feel sorry for me. (laughs) Uh, You can donate. No, um, I do. Look, look, I think that there's... Oh, it's so weird. It's such a weird time. It's a weird time. There's like... There's what's happening. Okay. There's what we're witnessing or participating in it's there's what we are feeling about it and you know and that runs a whole gamut of feelings thoughts whatever and then there's like this conversation about it and that's this other thing which is largely happening on social media yes and then, yeah. so if you're like yeah well there's like actually right there's like two conversations there's the conversation that happens on news you know there where whichever news you watch and then there's the whatever your uh preferred sort of circle of social media is so there's that conversation and these are just like all these separate things and Mm -hmm. it gets really hard to think about what's going on because you have to like it's like a a gordian knot that you have to untie you know and it's like all these threads that you have to pull apart pull apart what's a gordian knot isn't did i get that wrong isn't that what uh alexander the great like that wasn't there a, a knot that no one could untie Oh, it sounds good. I don't know. I don't know. No, you don't need to look it up. I'll look it up. Trust me. If you if you look it up and there's something similar to that and I got it wrong, I'm talking about something different. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's no, real. it is it. a thing. Okay. An extremely difficult or involved problem. So um, I think it's, imp- I think like what that does is it makes you feel like, am I allowed to? Am I allowed to yeah. do it this way? Can I talk about it this way? Someone's going to be like, you can... I feel like you can talk about it up front and then someone's going to complain about you talking right. about, about it up front and then you could wait and someone's going to complain about you waiting. You could talk about it in this way. Someone will complain about that. You can talk about it that way. And at the end of the day, it's like, look, we all need to give each other a fucking break here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like this thing where we're all deputized to scold each other and get online and say, you're not doing it right or you're da-da-da-da. It's like... It's a little bit counterproductive hey, hey, even though the intent th- might be good. Think tactically. Is what well, I so say. that's yes. Think, so, think about what we're trying to accomplish here, and are you persuading anybody? <laughs> I sit there and I and I look at some of this chatter, and I think I feel like this is counterproductive. Um, the scolding and the making people who are trying to do the right thing feel as if they're not doing it right, and the sort of like there are people being killed. And or, or or even just harmed and maimed, you know. Yes. Like or or just traumatized. So is so where are you focusing your attention, and is that the best use of your efforts? So I I find myself thinking that a little bit, and then I go, but wait a minute, and this is about to become confusing. <laughs> are you ready? It to- wasn't confusing. Yeah. No, it's about to fold in on itself a little bit. But then I think, wait a minute, by me feeling exasperated by that, I am actually doing what I am accusing them of doing in that I'm not focusing on the real issue. Yes, there's white people being annoying over here, uh, but that's not the real issue. For the most part, for the most part, the thrust of this movement 
is positive. I would say all of it is positive, actually. And, and maybe that's me going like, I don't quite think you're handling this right. So, you know, well, I say let's all keep our eye on the prize, which is uh, anti-racism. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Is the goal. I just think... Um, See, and I was going to say equality is the goal, but is I don't even know if that's the right term anymore. I think this policing of the dialogue needs to stop generally not that's not to say that you on the fringes where people are just you know being horrible that you shouldn't police that but i just think in general like yeah. we need to we need to give each other a break everybody processes things differently everybody has different frames of reference and different uh i was thinking about how like you know as a white person i was raised to have to believe not just believe uh have a certain understanding of who the police were and a relationship with the police, but just in general, like American history. I mean, this is, it's just what you're taught. And so when someone comes along and says like, you know, I'm 46 years old and someone comes along and says, I'm not saying I just learned this now, but let's just say just hypothetically, I'm a person at 46 who has believed, you know, uh, that generally, uh, you know, racism was help- dealt with in the civil rights movement and, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then someone comes along and says, uh, you know, Actually, what you're doing is ba- it's you're, you're gonna get defensive about it. Right. It's human nature. We need to give people space to process and learn. I think, and I do think a lot of people understand that. But I just think there's a lot of loud voices out there that are making us get up in our heads about it. Which is why we are now, you know, ten minutes into this conversation, so we haven't actually talking, talked about it. Let's move on for a moment. We can come back to this if you want. Uh, I was informed today by a certain someone sitting across from me, that I open doors loudly. I slam open a door. And I don't think that's a thing. It's, a, it's what you do at night while I'm sleeping is what happens. So, I mean, I haven't paid attention during the day. Um, I think... Like, are you suggesting I'm like Kramer? Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit Kramer-ish. Like, it's got a Kramer vibe. I mean... Like, here's, here's what happens in the middle of the night. And I'm a pretty deep sleeper, so I think generally I don't, you know, normally There was an exception react. last night. Last night, I wasn't sleeping very well. So. You took Joe Rogan's brain pills. I, Judd Apatow got on social media and said, this works, this is good for him. And I thought, well, you know, if it's good for Joe and Pete Holmes, like maybe, maybe I looked Judd. into it. And uh, I took... I got them and I took them and uh, whole. I don't know if this people have this effect. People have this effect. If, if this has, has this effect on people generally, or if I'm an exception, but like last night was a miserable fucking night. Like my, I felt like someone was trying to juice my brain. Like trying. To, <laughs> and try, you don't mean put steroids in your brain. You no, mean no, trying I to mean make like a juice ju- out of your brain. Like squeeze the brain juice to drink <laughs> all night, and like my thoughts were like compressed and i took it at like noon uh i'd never had this feeling it was just like really not it was like i was stressed Mm. now you also had been you had a really heavy day of work so it could have been your brain just it um, might be you might have compounded by that but i've had plenty of of stressful days at work and this is this is a this was a physical feeling uh and like I was sweating, I was really like it was just like not. It did, I didn't react well with it. Maybe it was like a combination, yeah. With, uh, with other, your other medication that I take 
It's prescribed also, brain pills. Right. So maybe I, sh- I don't know, whatever. Anyway, you had a weird night. So I wasn't sleeping well. And, uh, but this isn't the first time this happened. What happens is, you, you know, you get up a lot during the night mm-hmm. and you go to the bathroom every, what, 10 minutes, maybe, <laughs> 15 minutes or so. And so like you're, you're, you're in the bathroom and um, when you're done, you slam, you basically slam open the door. It's like, <laughs> it's like if a normal door open sounds like this, like this. <laughs> you you open the door like this. Hey! And like the light is still on, but it's like and I don't know why there's this sudden like need to just go from door closed to door open in a split second. Like there can't be just a gradual, you know, transition between the states, but it's it's like you want to be either it's either like I'm here with the door closed. I'm here with the door open. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's troubling because when I am, uh, you know, you're asleep, I try to make an effort mm. to not wake you up. But, you know, some of us, clearly. And then apparently I hurl my body into bed. And then you get to bed upside down <laughs> by apparently by by doing a high jump into the bed as though you're in the Olympics. <laughs> I do a Fosbury flop into bed. Yeah. I just realized something. <laughs> what? You know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I just put two and two together. I do do that. <laughs> I know you do that. I'm not lying. So this morning when you did your, you were like, and I haven't even seen the mask, but your impression of me is like someone doing a Jim Carrey in the mask impression. Your impression of me going yeah. from the mask. Somebody stop me. Right, guys? You know what I'm okay. talking about. Is that what he says? I thought he opens the door and is like, hey, or here's, sure. here's Johnny. Uh, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. That's from The Shining, which I also haven't seen. Anyway, it's too scary. Anyway, I was going to say that I think that that's just my body, just the heft of my body getting in. So you thought, yeah, I was being insulting. Yes. But lately I have discovered, this is the thing that I periodically discover. I feel Mm -hmm. like life is just discovering things you've already discovered over and over and then you Mm -hmm. die Mm -hmm. and then you probably stop. But who knows? Who's to say? Um, So sometimes when I can't sleep, I will put my head at the foot of the bed and my feet Mm -hmm. at the head of the bed did you Mm -hmm. see that coming Mm -hmm. and i don't know why it helps me sleep so much Mm -hmm. so lately i've been doing that (laughs) just can't stop laughing because i I do hurl my body yes (laughs) as though you were alone or in the olympics so so basically I am like a web page that remember. You know those web. I, I love when you're on a web page and you click into something and then you go back and it like puts you right back where sure. you were. Yeah. So if I go to the bathroom in a in that position, when I come back, I get back into that position. So mm-hmm. what I do is I I take my pillow if it's not no it is already there, and then I grab my stuffed koala bear. For some reason, when I'm in that position, I need the bear, mm-hmm. and then I throw myself. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it helps. It helps. This is sort of the quants method. No, it is not yeah. the fucking quants method. Remember your quants method where you kind of like get on your side and then no, semi dangle because the quants method back? is not noticed by the other person in the bed. 
I don't know why I can't just place myself into this position. I don't either. It's really like, tell me why. I'm curious. Is it that you have to embed yourself in the mattress? Do you feel like your shoulder is sinking further into the mattress by giving it that extra impact? Yes. Oh. It's as if someone drop kicked me into bed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apologies, sir. Well, I, I mean, usually most nights me. it doesn't matter. Most nights it doesn't matter. So the crazy thing is that you've been sleeping through that. I know. I'm a pretty sound sleeper. But uh, on nights when I've taken uh, suspect nootropics, uh, the, it's noticed. So, But that will probably not happen again. So, Well, you know. I'm sorry. I completely forgot. I mean, this happened in the middle of the night. I completely forgot that this is my new way of getting into bed. <laughs> Do you, is, it, is it that feeling like if you, if you make a harder impact with the mattress, it'll just jar you into sleep or something? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put myself in this position. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, but as I... F- <laughs> It's almost angry, honestly. No, it's not. It's exhilarated. Because as I fly, this is what happens. I fly through oh, the I air. Oh, I see. You want a moment of like weightlessness. Yeah. I fly through the air. And then when my body h- hits that pillow and my body hits, my head hits the pillow and the body hits the mattress, my arm goes around the bear. I'm always like, ah. Oh, right. I'm so comfortable. I could totally fall asleep. Right. right. And it's interesting because I think that and it's probably right as you're like, I am uncomfortable and I, now I can't fall you know, asleep. You know, though, that would work real well on the couch. In the it, it, I don't think it would. I think it would. You should try it. <clears throat> I could try it. Daniel, yeah. I know that right now you want to divorce me. Mm-hmm. However, could you possibly ever leave a woman who did her hair at home and it looks so great? Take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. I was recently crowing about how great my segues are, but I feel like that one was a real step back. You deserve gorgeous professional hair color delivered to your door starting at $22. For decades, women have had two options for coloring their hair, outdated at-home color or the time and expense of a traditional salon. Many Madison Reed clients comment on how their new hair color has improved their lives. Women love the results. Gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional, healthy-looking hair. This is game-changing color you can do at home and look as if you just came from the salon. What makes Madison Reed color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm tones to create over 55 gorgeous multidimensional shades. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and use code Allison, that's code Allison, to get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit with code Allison, madison-read.com. Renee, who was just on the show last week, was saying that this has changed her at-home hair color situation because she had been doing it at home for a while and it was always brassy, but now Madison Reed has revolutionized this for her. Uh, And take the color quiz. Mine is Vernazza Dark Brown. Mm, 4C. I could have told you that. Um. Okay. Should we listen to a voicemail? Sure. Let's do it. Hey, Allison Lee Bruns out here in Watertown, South Dakota. Um, <clears throat> guys wondering, oh, what's going on? Well, tonight we had our uh, Black Lives Matter march. And today at work, I actually had three guys leave work so they could go get their handguns, where it's legal to conceal, carry a firearm, so they could 
go to the protest and wait for the uh, protest to turn into rioters. Now, the protest consisted of six people sitting on the courthouse lawn holding signs. And uh, these inbred cousin-fucking rednecks were convinced that uh, it was going to be anarchy, rioting in the streets, and they needed to get there as quick as they could with their handguns so they could kill people. Oh, yeah, it's a fucking treat, let me tell you. Welcome to South Dakota. I swear to God, someone could run for office wearing a Klan hood here and they'd get elected still. wouldn't cost them a single vote. Anyway, hope things are calming down there. Uh, sounds like it's just lighting up here and you just sickened. You end up learning more and more about the people you thought you knew and liking people in general less and less. What else? I don't know. Fixing on motorcycles. That always makes me happy. Got my scooter running, my garden planted, and my chickens are fed. So, uh, could be worse. It's all about me personally, right? I'm fine. Yeah, other people are dying in the streets, but I guess it's okay if it's just me that's doing well. All right, Christ. Anyway, have fun. Take care, guys. <laughs> wow. I, that is, uh, first of all, highly. Hi. Um, Google Transcribe thought you were LeBron. Hi, Allison. LeBron here. Like what? James. Google Google Voice transcribes the message and always <clears throat> gets it wrong. And his name is, <clears throat> excuse me, Lee Bruns, oh, but it oh, says, oh. hi, Allison, LeBron here. Oh, oh okay. Um, so you played it thinking it was LeBron James? No, because during sound check I had played a little bit, <laughs> so I knew it was Lee Bruns. Um, yeah, this is the problem with uh, certain, you know, like Fox News is pretty much only showing the looting and the... Um, you know, property damage, uh, which is like, yes, it's happening. Um, but it's, it's a small part of the story. And really honestly, folks, like every, I know people who have been firsthand witnesses to this sort of stuff, either in protests or living in areas where there were protests. And it's like the, the looting and the rioting is separate from the protests. These, These are different. This is not the same group. And, um, I don't think, you know, sure, there are people who are protesting who are, you know, anarchists or whatever who probably fine with that stuff. But by and large, you know, part of what makes you sick or makes me sick is is how they try to conflate the two. Mm-hmm. There's and, opportunists who are grafting themselves. Yeah, onto and it's the like, movement. and it's like it, 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 it's deliberate. It's a deliberate attempt. I mean, they're trying to make you think about Antifa, you know, and it's like Antifa is nothing to do with this. Like, you know. It's it's a way of trying to keep us from talking about the the issues, and honestly, it's like if we don't talk about it, it's just gonna you know we need to deal with it. If 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 we don't have this conversation now, we'll have it later, and if we have it later, it'll be worse. It's sort of like personally on a personal psychological level. Uh, so I'm gonna take this away from politics. Anybody who might be finger hovering over the stop button, is there a stop button? I don't know. Pa- um, yeah, there is. Um, in your life. Okay, this is what I believe. There are certain core issues that you're set up to have to challenges that you're going to have to deal with. You know, whatever, like personality types. Let's say that you you just can't deal with that. Every time you run into this type of person or this kind of situation, it's it makes you it, it brings something negative into your life. Whatever. If you don't learn how to deal with it. Like, let's say you have a boss who, you know, you have some kind of heightened conflict with and then you leave that job without re- figuring out how to deal with it. Well, you're just going to have to deal with it again later 
when you got another boss or someone else in your life. And are you talking about me? <laughs> no, no, but it's like, and 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 my belief is when it comes back, it comes back harder. And this is maybe my own version of magical thinking about how the universe works, but it's like, it, it's going to keep getting harder until you deal with it. Mm, I have had therapists who agree with that way of thinking too. Really? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't think they, they it don't. It comes from personal. I mean, this is they don't from say that experience. it intensifies, but just that like, you'll keep repeating something until you learn a certain lesson. Yeah. It, but in my experience, it's like it, it compounds itself. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, it's almost like there's an energy stored up from the prior conflict mm-hmm. with this person well, that, that when is you meet, that is what happens yeah and so then when you meet another person that's like that person yeah. you're bringing all of that into right. it and now it's like you're starting from that point and now and it's like this is just how it is it's like until you deal with a problem it's not gonna fucking go away mm. you gotta deal with it and you know this is the voice of the people you can sit there and you can say like whatever your political beliefs happen to be let's say you're you know you you don't think that they're valid uh, fine. You don't think they're valid. Obviously, a lot of people do. And so unless you're happy with a huge portion of the population of uh, feeling this way, uh, it's time to deal with it. And that just means that we have to listen to each other. And it means we have to like, hey, maybe you have to make a concession that you don't think is right. Tough shit. We're a society. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like tough fucking shit. Like, I guess what I would say is, and I think probably, I don't know, I can't speak for black people, but they'd probably agree with this, is like, we don't care if you continue to be racist or, sorry, just whatever. Like, you believe whatever you believe, as long as the problems on a societal level and an institutional level are dealt with, right? So no one's telling you what to believe. It's just, hey, you need to make some concessions. Sorry. Like, if you would rather not be that way, there's smaller countries, you know, there's like little, this is a big ass country. Mm-hmm. You got to deal with a lot of fucking interests and a lot of people and a lot of beliefs. And, and that's it. I'm, I'm just saying that. I'm saying that like at, to just try to say like, even if you disagree, we have to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you should agree. Okay. But like, I don't know. I'm on, I'm on a soapbox. Sorry. Go ahead. Let me step down from my soapbox. This is just the fucking brain pills talking. I'm <laughs> Who am right I now. talking to? I'm just super alpha right am now. I alpha? Am I talking to Alpha Daniel? Alpha Dan. <laughs> alpha Dan. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> Did you notice the little the little protrusion on my brow this yeah. morning? A little bit more. Your neck is thicker. A little bit thicker neck. Um, you did seem on fire. But sometimes you seem on fire in the morning. There's there's a there's like good fire and then there's stressed fire and this was stressed fire. Like good fire is like I'm goofy and happy and just like hey I'm feeling good. This morning it was like I had been through the ringer all night. Mm-hmm. Like, but it energized you. You didn't yeah. seem depleted. You seemed like well, hey, look, like ready to do an impression of me bouncing it's fucking on the bed. Alpha shit, hun. And I was feeling alpha, and being alpha means. Hey, maybe you're not enjoying life. <laughs> you know, maybe you're not happy, but you're alpha as fuck. So here's what I was going to say. Someone left a comment to my post about, you know, call into the show and let us know how you're doing out there. And they're like, um, you know, I got my AR-15 in case the rioting comes to my Jeez. town. And here is my comment, which I didn't leave. What the fuck are you going to do? Are you going to go you- strafe the crowd? <laughs> like, what is your fantasy? But also, like, okay, if that's what you're... I want to talk to those people, and, and I don't mean this. 
I want to be respectful. Guys, there are no riots. Okay? Yes, there are there are pockets of you know, there are times when people have looted. Uh but this is not by and large what's happening. This isn't the LA riots. I lived through the fucking LA riots. I was in the middle of it. I was in South fucking Central. This isn't the LA riots. Mm-hmm. Nothing close to the LA riots. These are demonstrations accompanied by mischief makers who are taking advantage of that. And they are, again, they're separate. My, my friend who lives on Melrose said, like, the protests would go by, and then the, then the looters came. Uh, if you go to Manhattan, you know, the protests were, same thing, like, the, here in LA, there were protests downtown in various places, but the looting was not where those were. It was in Santa Monica. In New York, Manhattan, you saw those windows. That's not where the protests, they were in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, under just understand that. Like, did you know that I used to live in New York? <laughs> uh, really? I don't. Well, I thought you meant. I don't mention it a lot, but wait, I did. you mean New York, New York? Yeah. Did I you think, think I meant New York, Kansas? Yeah. Nope. The the actual Big Apple. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but but here's the point: stop being afraid. Everyone needs to stop being afraid of each other. Start being afraid of. <laughs> don't be afraid of each other. Okay. Listen to each other. We're all brothers and sisters. Put down your weapons. One last thought. Mm. If, you, if you approach someone like they're your enemy with your gun, whether you're police or whether you're not police, whatever. I feel like it probably doesn't bring out the best in that them. That person's going to become your enemy. Yeah. And is that what you want? Do you want a world full of enemies? Put down your fucking weapons. That's, all right. Listen. The world changed overnight. And doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals immediately ran to the crisis. Since then, they've been working extra longer hours and extra longer hours. I, I said extra longer, like extra so, longer. so muchly these hours, <laughs> distancing themselves from their loved ones and risking their lives to save hours. They sacrifice a lot, not just now, but all year round. Shouldn't someone be looking out for them? Figs, and I love I love Figs, is an amazing company who's had the backs of these awesome humans since 2013. They create ridiculously soft modern scrubs that help healthcare workers look good, feel good, and perform at their best. In response to COVID-19, Figs has donated over 30,000 sets of scrubs to hospitals around the country, donated 100,000 to the Frontline Responders Fund to help ship PPE and supplies, and sent hundreds of care packages to those who need it most. They've created their own three-layer protective face mask and utilize their supply chain to produce millions of N95 masks and PPE. Figs will continue to do whatever it takes to support healthcare workers during this challenging time. Um, and Fig scrubs are packed with tons of features and functionality and they look good. Um, they have their own proprietary fabric that features Silvater antimicrobial technology as well as four-way stretch, moisture-wicking anti-wrinkle and liquid anti-wrinkle and liquid repellent properties plus tons of pockets when i visited my sister in the hospital when she was having her baby i saw some people in the hospital wearing stylish looking scrubs and i wanted to say hey are those figs but i didn't want to be the person asking that in the middle of them trying to do their job so i didn't but this is where they were coming from but i feel like those were figs because they just the pockets, the fi- you have a figs hoodie. I love my. We fig- almost, I almost bought a figs lab coat because who doesn't want that? I want to get some figs scrubs because I used to wear scrubs, uh, just as my loungewear at night, and they're it's awesome loungewear. But you have a hoodie 
Yeah, it's I love the hoodie. Super, yeah. Uh, today, it's more important than ever to recognize all the selfless medical professionals in our lives. Whether you're one of these awesome humans or you're someone who wants to say thank you with a set of scrubs, Figs has your back and is offering listeners of Allison Rosen as your new best friend 15% off for a limited time. Just go to wearfigs, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S dot com and enter code bestfriend15 at checkout. Again, wearfigs, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S dot com and enter code bestfriend15 at checkout. Also, something that we have a lot of personal experience with before they even came on as a sponsor, Skylight Frames. Uh, They make these amazing, let me just look at this thing and figure out how to describe them. They make these amazing touchscreen photo frames that you can email photos to and they appear in seconds. Um, And you can also preload photos into the frame. And then you can, you know, as you take more photos, continue to email them to the photos. They make really, really great Father's Day gifts, like the perfect Father's Day gift. We bought them for our moms for, Mm -hmm. was it Christmas or Mother's Day? A couple years ago, yeah. Which one was it? Christmas or Mother's Day? I think it was Mother's Day. It's great. And then every time we go to my parents' house, which we have not been in a long time, um, Elliot is like mesmerized by the pictures of himself in the frame. (laughs) And he also knows how to swipe through it. Just like his mom. (laughs) It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. Just plug in, use the touch screen to connect to your wireless network and enjoy sending photos is effortless. Everyone in your family can just email photos to, to the skylight and they pop up in the home in seconds has a black frame. So it looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your home. Gorgeous 10 inch touch screen, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. They look like real pictures. That you would like a nice picture frame you'd put on the wall. Now, as a special holiday offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code Allison. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code Allison. That's S K Y L I G H T F R A M E, skylightframe.com and enter code Allison. Okay. Should we listen to another call? Sure. Let's do it. Hi, Allison. I'm, my name is B. Um, I just wanted to thank you and Daniel both for coming out on the show last week and talking about depression and how it just makes you not want to do anything. Um, I'd struggled with a bit for years, and um, one of the things that is keeps me going is my kids and I wouldn't have had them if not for the advent of those lovely uh, Lexapro because that was I found out I was pregnant shortly after going on the medication and that was my first question to the doctor was if I could keep taking it during the pregnancy because if I wasn't on the pills the pregnancy wouldn't matter I wasn't going to be there so there would be no baby so I just want to say thank you for um, talking about your personal experiences and making it okay for other people to talk about it and letting people know about the resources that are here to help get us um, all some help during this time. I'm in Seattle, so been on lockdown for, I don't know, forever. Um, and I'll let you know, my kids are 16 and 18 and you would think it would be easier, 
but it's just new struggles. So, um, and just, it's good to get to listen to you. I don't get to listen to you as much because my commute is now just down the stairs and not a drive into the city. So it's much shorter, but I'm cleaning the house and trying to get some stuff done in kind of a feeling like I can make my house look better so I can feel better here. So just wanted to reach out and say thanks. And my name is B again, just for Daniel. Have a great day. Oh my God, B, I love you. I this forgot. Is, this is this your is request brilliant. to have people introduce themselves at the end of talking. Just a reminder. I've been B. This is Ben Daniel. <laughs> um, first of all, before we get into the substance of what she's talking about, we should do an episode that is the length of a commute down the stairs. We should. It'd be it'd, now if you live like in San Francisco in one of those three story. We'll do different places. versions. Three yeah. story. This location three story specific. location specific. <laughs> um, yeah, just quick. Like back when I lived in New York. Yeah. And when I lived in Brooklyn, I lived in the bottom of a four story brownstone. Mm. I didn't have access to the rest of it. I was just because I wasn't part of the family. You were down with the rats. Down with the rats. There actually, thankfully, were no. There were um, millipedes, though. But anyway, just the millipedes in me. But they would need sort of a a slightly like forty second longer one. The only podcast that's forty five seconds right. long. Um, B, uh, you know what? Ugh, like people who d- don't suffer from depression. Just think it's a personal weakness. And so I just want to say to those of you. Fuck heard, those people. First of all, fuck them. They don't know. They Do think they, they know because the they've podcast? been sad. They think they've been sad. And so right. they like, were sad yeah. once. And then I went on a walk. And then, yeah, I started exercising and I felt better. So you need to do what I did because we're all exactly the same. Mm. Oh, fuck those people. Yeah. Okay. Just fuck them. I'm t- you got us. We're on your side. Yeah. We're telling you. Folks, and there's lots of you out there, we've heard from a couple of you, and we love you, and we send you hugs. This corona time is so hard on you. And first, I want to say it's okay to acknowledge your own okay. pain. okay, yeah. And, and, and I want to say it's okay to be like, go, you know what? I am in pain. This is hard. This thing where we're constantly like, well, other people have it worse. Yeah, other people have it mm-hmm. worse, sure. Okay, but that doesn't mean that your pain is invalid. And it's actually hard. And this is taking me a long time to realize this. Um, it's hard to tend to other people's pain when your pain is so great. Sometimes you have to take a moment to try to soothe yourself so that you have something to give to other people. Totally. Yeah. And, um, and then we've talked about this before, but depression is just, it's just one of those, it's a, it's like a trickster in your mind. Yeah. Uh, I used to be extremely anti, you know, psycho medication for drugs. I was, I thought that you were anti anti. You were pro depressant. I had reasons to to I, something set something fairly specific set me up to feel this way. But I was like, you know, I'll never do that because that's a shortcut, you know. Mm. And so I just tried to power through, and you know, I would go through periods where I was like, you know, running six miles a day or something. And, so, and you know, it felt better than other times. That helps. You know, sleep helps. These things do help. But you, there's always still that thing. And it wasn't until I just started, it was like a revelation. It was just, oh, my God. 
Yes, it was when you went to your therapist and you're like, give me one thing yeah. to live for. And I, again, I point out, you, you did were- a whole slideshow of just photos of you. And I was like, I said one, one thing, honey. Or I called my therapist, honey. <laughs> It was weird, but we had We were already together, but yeah. Daniel needed just one thing to live for. It was one thing to fight for, is what Whatever. I'm Not one thing to live but for. what I'm saying is... I wasn't is, suicidal, but I was... No, but you didn't want to live either. <laughs> I didn't want to fight to live. I wanted to live, but I wasn't... There wasn't anything in me that understood in my heart what was worth effort, right? And that, I... You go, well... Gee, what's wrong with you? Well, what's wrong with me is I was depressed because as soon as I started taking, uh, I took Celexa, very lo- even just a very tiny low dose, it was like, oh, there's a shit ton to fight for. And honestly, there's not enough hours in the day. And then I went, I've never felt like this. And I talked to my therapist and I'm like, I, my whole life, thought everybody felt the way I felt. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, not everybody feels like that. That is you you believed that because that was your perception. So anyway, point is, I, I have a different feeling about it's complicated. Some people really, really need it. Some people may need it for short periods of time. Uh, but uh, I don't judge anybody for doing what's right for them. Uh, and uh, just honor honor your own pain. Honor yourself. It's not weak to honor your your struggle I, I was afraid of them because i thought they change you like why well, i don't want to i don't want to be i've always been very afraid of being changed like i don't want to be changed i don't want my personality to be changed right. but that is uh not how it works it's not it's not yeah there's like this this weird idea that you know especially if you're a writer or you're in the arts like you have right. to be miserable it's like that's such bullshit that is such bullshit art let me tell you art comes from play and it comes from uh a deep part of yourself that needs to engage with the life life through joy essentially well it just makes you the, the the antidepressants make you you without the disease of depression that's the, actually that's overstating it because they don't make it all go away and it's not like all of a sudden you wake up and it feels like christmas morning right. but for me my experience was i suddenly remembered what it could feel like to have the capacity to be excited for Christmas, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't, it didn't make me ecstatic, but it made me remember that life is a place where I can experience that happiness again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that weird. had been blotted out for me. It's like, it's almost like there's a dial and it's the dial is just interest. And it's like the interest dial gets turned up. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like You're super interested in and again. engaged. It's a feeling of engagement, like a feeling of like, oh, I got to do this. I want to learn this thing or I want to like participate or I want to see this person or whatever. Also, like you might find yourself and I won't go on too long. You might find yourself right now, especially in circumstances where there aren't people around you who are giving you sustenance, who aren't loving you, who aren't. Um, and, I think it's important, first of all, to understand that we all need that as human beings. Like, we need oxygen. I've talked about this before, probably last week. Food, water, love. We need love. We need each other. Um, and if you don't have it, it's it's easy to think that it's something about you. That's actually what we tend to do. Mm-hmm. We think it's about you. And um, that is a lie. Everybody is capable of being loved. Some, sure, some have more prickly personalities or whatever. That doesn't mean that 
people can't love you. Think of all the assholes who are loved. People can love you. And so you may think, I'm not lovable. That, I'm telling you right now, I don't even know you. It's fucking bullshit. It just is. And so you just probably need to find, you know, how to get to the people who, who it's like, it's like us, right? Allison and I, we both come from kind of, I don't want to make a big point about it, but it's like, you know, we come from not perfectly, uh, functioning functioning family. (laughs) We, we We have, we have issues, right? And it's like, I am not a person who is easy to love, by somebody who maybe comes from a perfectly well-balanced family who doesn't understand any kind of like issues of a certain nature. And I'm, I'm just trying not to be specific. Yeah. And uh, my parents do listen. Hi, mom and dad. Hi. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Allison, it turns out, is set up to know how to deal with me right? or to understand me or we understand each other. And like, not everyone's going to understand me. Not everyone's certainly not going to understand Allison. And excuse me. Well, you're 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 difficult. I feel like my whole my whole life is spent dedicated towards trying to get people to understand me. Yes. Um. Also, I'd like to make other people feel less alone. <laughs> but basically, I just want to feel understood. Anyway, go ahead. Point is, uh, you may need to change your surroundings, your community. The way you get into bed. <laughs> and that sort of thing. That may be all you need, but it is not a permanent, unchangeable fact that you can't be loved. Okay? I would like to go one step further. And I think, I don't even know how much God I knew. I, was, I told myself before this episode that I wasn't going to be the guy that but always talks about be- love. <laughs> I'm not going to be the love guy. I know. You actually literally said this to me last night. I'm like, talk about it every fucking episode. And people are going to be like, Quan's oh, he's such a, oh my God, he's all about love all the time. And I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a tougher dude. I'm going to get my, you know. AR-15? No, no. But I'm just going to, I'm going to become, you know, more Rogan-like. You know, more of a tough guy. I don't talk about feelings. I just I talk about feelings with my knuckles. <laughs> anyway, uh, but here I am talking about love. But fuck, you know, we talk about well when someone calls in and they're talking about depression, it makes sense. Can but I? But also mm-hmm. no. But also, <laughs> it, I and then I'll let you talk. It. Thank you. It is literally as fundamental as water, food, air, sleep. Why it wouldn't be a topic that comes up all the time doesn't make sense. It should, because it's that fundamental to our basic needs as human beings. Okay, now go. What I was going to say, and and then I was going to say, I don't know that you and I are totally on the same page about this, but this thing of like, I'm unloved, I feel unloved, I need the people around me to love me, oftentimes what you need, and it took me years of therapy to understand this. The emptiness inside actually cannot be filled by someone else. You have to give that to yourself and to go even further. Oftentimes what you're yearning for, um, is parental love. That's Mm -hmm. what you didn't get or didn't feel. It didn't fill you up in the way that one would hope it would. And so that's what you're seeking. 
And that is something that you yourself have to learn to fill up. And it sounds very confusing and vague, like love myself. I don't know what that means. And that's where therapy comes in because I'm finding that I don't know how I could explain it exactly. But this sort of I'm sad, I want someone else to make me feel better. You have the goal is for you to be able to make yourself feel better. hundred percent. This is actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is, that is the key to this all. I can, you know, I can sit here, I can tell you to change your, but really, honestly, that's where you have to start. Mm-hmm. And I, can I, can I just say real fast? Yeah, yeah. Cause you know, I know it's your show, but, uh-huh. um, something Ponce is your new, new best friend. This is, this is embarrassing to admit, oh, okay. but I'm, it, but what the hell? Um, sometimes when I'm feeling sad and mournful and, and young, um, I imagine, I imagine like little me, who wasn't that little, and then I imagine hugging her and like saying what she needs to hear. Mm-hmm. This is so, this is embarrassing, but it does make me feel better. Mm-hmm. So that is one way you can love yourself. That per, I mean, there was, it's funny, I was friends in college with a guy who was the son of the guy that wrote the book, The Child Within. Oh. <laughs> uh, John Bradshaw. And um, did he get along with his dad? You know, there was there was issues there, yeah. but um, he was an extremely loving guy. He was a you know pretty pretty nice dude. But um, here here's how I'll put it, and then we can move on. I think a lot of this, uh, aside from the chemical depression and all that, just the feeling of like, oh, I'm not lovable or whatever. Or you beat you know you beat the shit out of yourself, right? You just mm-hmm. beat the fucking shit out of yourself, and it's like, well, why are you doing that? You go, you know, well, it's because you you. Uh, formulated this opinion of yourself when you were, I don't know, what are the form, formative... Young. It, it really fucking young. Three, four. Uh, you know, personally, I can talk about my own personal psychology, psychology. It's like my parents got a divorce when I was one and a half, and um, I believe that I kind of internalized uh, my father going away as... You know, a child would. A child interprets it. Children always think it's. And a child, and I, as a as a two three year old, I said, uh, I wasn't enough for him because if I was enough for him, if I was, if I just was X amount of great, he it would have overcome whatever you know. Um, and you go okay, and that bakes into the concrete. It's literally like your operating software for life. You just everything gets interpreted interpreted through the, interpreted through that lens. <laughs> Um, but here's what I would say. So it feels so true. It feels so true. Except here's what I would say. Is there anything, anything, forget something so important that where you would go to a three-year-old and ask their opinion, <laughs> where you would consult with a three-year-old, right? And you go, of course not. So then why are you? Right. Why are you doing that every fucking, with every encounter, with every relationship? Why do you do that? You are doing that. So stop it. And, and that's kind of where therapy comes in, is getting a handle on what, what beliefs you formed at that you know, age where you didn't know shit about shit. It's interesting that you're talking about yourself when you were three, because this happened when you were younger. Or are you deciding that but, I mean, that's you know, when the you words You sort of become happen. conscious of it yeah. as you get older, and then right. it just starts to become something you think about, right? So it's not a, an age in particular. Uh, it's... I think actually it isn't that it's it's patterns that mm-hmm. form that. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. So, Whatever I just said is what I'm saying. 
<laughs> it's what you said and what you're saying. Yep. So you mentioned John Bradshaw's kid, uh-huh. uh, which reminded me that you want, you want to know what his name is. Sure. John Bradshaw. Re- oh, really? Yeah. Shout out to John Bradshaw. But both of them. Um, well, speaking of names, what I was going to say is my dad, there was a professor, and I think it was a professor of psychology, named Professor Van Hooten. Oh. And he named his kid who hated him, I think. Scooten? Newton. Newton! <laughs> oh, I love this guy so much. <laughs> Newton, pretty bad. <laughs> no, it's perfectly wonderful and great. <laughs> Newton Van Hooten. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, that person must have a great sense of humor. The dad or the kid? Newton. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the kid is, he's, we should look him up. I don't even know if he's alive anymore. He wears propeller hats and plays in a one-man band on the pier. I mean, he's an old guy now. Not that, not, not that you just described a hip a skateboarder with a propeller hat and a one-man band. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about something mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Daniel, I have noticed hmm. you and I, because we've spent so much time together, or just maybe this is just the way it is, we are becoming the same person with like the same sensibilities. And mm. my example of this is it is problematic, but you said something. I was distracted at my computer. You said something about how your phone, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Your phone yeah, but wasn't. I remember what it was. You said you're like, your phone wasn't working anymore. And then. Okay. At the same time, both mm-hmm. you and I said, and this is this this is something like you know how you just have things that are funny to you that you say all the time that when you repeat them they sound unfunny. Here's one of them. We both at the exact same time went, "Oh, I'm a phone. I don't work." <laughs> eh. <laughs> but like, not we weren't saying at the same time because the other one was saying no. It. We literally, we're that was just, just where it our brain. But but the best part was the because we really synced up at the. <laughs> oh, I'm a phone. I don't work. Meh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, it's it's. Trust me, folks. I am uh, I, I, more disgusted with myself than you are disgusted with me. Here's my question. Yeah. If you and I are turning into the same person, who has lost more? Like who loses mm, in this equation? Mm-hmm. It feels I... like me. <laughs> uh. I- you know, but that's just my my perception. <laughs> I don't think it's a loss. I think it's uh, we're just you know. Look, whenever you're around a person a lot, you, you start to ad- adapt the same kinds of like. Because I feel like, like, oh, I'm a phone. I don't work. Me. I feel like that was that's more you. I think that probably is me. So how have you become me then? Oh, I'm just a little bit more slovenly. I <laughs> uh, uh, little less like, you know, just piles of stuff on my desk, and you know, <laughs> the way you know, I get, I get where you're, I get what you're trying to do, but can we talk about how you keep your car? Oh, it's a mess. Has it? It's always been. Yeah, actually, you, there's a blanket what... that's been in your car longer than I've been alive. Yeah, the problem with the car. In case is... you go to the beach. No, uh, honey, you'd be surprised when you need a blanket. Uh, Have you ever used that blanket? Um, I think so. I've had that thing since like college. Great, <laughs> but um, 
you always have to have an Indian throw blanket in the back of your car. <laughs> Don't you know? Aren't you from Arizona? Um, <laughs> I just want to get in and out of my car. And so the problem is, problem with that is you don't spend that extra minute when you're done always grabbing everything and taking it with you. It would take you like six hours at this point. Um, it's not as, it's not quite that bad. It's like, there's a lot of papers and... I think there's a hose. <laughs> there's a hose. Yeah, it's not great. Do you remember when you left one, you were... Wait, why did you have to pack up your office? Oh, because you were changing jobs. Mm-hmm. You packed up your office and it stayed in your car until you went back to that old job. Yeah. There was a stag yeah. head in your trunk. Yes. I mean, not a real one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's when you had to play, what am game, I gonna of, say? Had to play I, game of um, Thrones. But back to your original point, I just think that's what happens when you spend, uh, in our case, way too much time with each other. Um, <laughs> You. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing at the way I throw myself into bed now that I realize I have been doing that. Oh, in the resistance to my initial. I know. You know, you're like, I don't do that. That was you. <laughs> don't do that. You're just insulting me. Oh wow! Did you record me? That sounds just like um, me. <laughs> you just feel that way because you were tired. That you is what I said. It's because you were half awake. That's why you think I'm doing that. As though I'm not still able to perceive the world. I'm so excited to get into my new position. We need one of those beds. Don't they have those beds that are like you can't transfer energy oh, from maybe. one side to the other? Yeah, probably. You need to get one of those. Um, definitely not a water bed. If you did that, when we had a water bed, you <laughs> launch me off the bed. <laughs> launch me out of bed. Poor, can you imagine if we had a water bed? Oh like, my God. How miserable. Remember when people had water beds? Oh yeah. Did you have one? No. I, I felt like I always wanted one, but in hindsight, I'm glad I wouldn't have liked the it. The sloshing sound and yeah. just, ugh. My dad had one when he was like a single dude and uh, I would go stay at his house and, and it was just like, it was fun because it was novel, uh-huh. but trying to get out yeah. of the fucking waterbed was impossible because, <laughs> you, like, you know, you try to sit and then you just sink. Right. Um, my brother had one and I stayed, I went and visited him and, and, and he took the couch and I stayed in the waterbed and I don't remember how I felt about it. Not good. It's such a funny, man, the 70s were such a wacky time. And here's the thing, my brother rented... And I feel like he rented every- a waterbed. Yeah, there's a no, lot no, of furniture no, no, no. rental. That's not what I was going to oh, say. Maybe no. he did, but I meant he rented his apartment. And I feel mm. like the rule is on every lease I've seen, you're not allowed to have a waterbed. Maybe that's a newer thing. Maybe. Well, but you know, it's like they'll say, "Oh, no pets," but people have pets. Yeah. I mean, how do you police the waterbed? Um, you could just. I mean, you could. You got to get other waterbeds to do it. Right. You could easily get a waterbed into the house. And they wouldn't know. Um, Where does the water come from? The faucet. You just probably hook it up to the faucet, the hose. I'm sure they have like a way to hook it up to like the bathtub or something. Does anyone out there have a waterbed? I feel like people still do, right? It's still a thing. I mean, I've never never done a read for a waterbed. So. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody's like... Hey, reinvented the waterbed. Right. Like we're cutting out the middleman and selling the waterbed directly to you. Yes, waterbeds had a problem, but we fixed it. We've added blah de blah. Uh, We've added a solid mattress. We've removed the water. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
No. I'm trying to think uh, if there's ever been. I don't know. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I had nothing. I have nothing else to say about waterbeds. I'd like to share also another Daniel thing. Mm-hmm. So last night, you <laughs> had like the world's largest box of Band-Aids. No. Well, I did. And then you said. But I also had two other other boxes of Band-Aids. I had three boxes of Band-Aids. And do you remember what you said? I am the Band-Aid king. You no, know, you said, you said <laughs> as if I asked, because I was busy not looking. You said, yep, you can pretty much just call me the Band-Aid king. Oh, yeah, I had a lot of Band-Aids. And uh, you know how you go from being someone who doesn't have enough of something to someone who has too much of something? Yes. That's what happened. And so it, it's like you decided I will never be without a Band-Aid ever again. It was my brain adapting to this new reality and assuming my new persona of Band-Aid? guy who has <laughs> many, many Band-Aids. Um, Did you yeah. order these online? You must have, right? Yeah. Cause, Did you um, subscribe? No. I guess that's what... Well, would the... Would the Band-Aid King subscribe to Band-Aids or would the Band-Aid King just Summon be given? Would they just come to, they to just, him? Yeah. I think they would just come. Um, I had a pre-cancer removed from my nose, so I have a, a gouge in my nose. It's pretty... Well, it's not too gnarly. It's a little gnarly. It's, it's a little gnarly. And uh, so you're supposed to put those little like circle Band-Aids on it. And I don't know if it's just my greasy nose but well, like, you're also putting aquaphor on it, so that's but making you put it just a tiny drop of that. It should not matter. Like the adhesive does not stick mm. to the nose. And hey, so, Circle Band Aids, we're calling you out. Well, I got the CVS brand, so I was like, oh, it's probably just cheap ass CVS brand. Either it's that, or I have greasy nose. But I was like drying off the nose, like trying to. And by the way, Breathe Right strips stick just fine. Mm. Oh, a control. That's right. So I was like, something's wrong here because what happens is it just hangs over the nose and tickles and drives me crazy. I don't want to wear the Band-Aid and then it dries out and then, you know, you got to keep it like the aquifer on it. You guys want to hear all about my wound. Anyway, so I went online and I bought a whole bunch of different kinds of Band-Aids to see who had the better adhesive. This is a very Daniel thing to do. Well, yeah. What? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like if it were me, well, because I feel like you're like doing some R&D. Maybe that's not the right term. I don't know. I just feel like for me, I would be like, I'm going to buy a few. And you're just like, I'm going to buy, I'm going to make a spreadsheet about Band-Aids and I'm going to buy every kind of Band-Aid and then I'm going to never have to be in this position again. So, uh, sort and, of. And, I'm not that then, organized about it, but yes. But then the next time you need a Band-Aid, you are in the position again because you can't find them so you buy more. That's true. Uh, that is what happens. I um, It's more like I just saw a bunch of different kinds. They all make the same claim to be like super adhesive. And um, let me tell you something. Band-Aid brand mm-hmm. says very adhesive, not better what? than the CVS brand. I didn't see that coming. Um, the 3M makes a brand. I forget what it's called. Is it Nextcare? Yes. And that actually turned out to be the best of the bunch. Now, I just want to spend one more question on this. Uh-huh. The Band-Aid you're currently sporting. Next care. No, but what is the shape? Oh, it's like a... Um, what it's is like it? a hexagon. hexagon. It's, like a, it's like a... Well, it's a polygon, right? So it's not, it's not a, a perfect hexagon. Well, it's but like But what's a, it for? It's like a diamond that has the ends cut off. What do you mean, what is it for? 
I mean, it's for your nose, but what? how is it different than a circle one? Because it seems to be working better. I think it's probably just gives you more surface area. Mm. I think that's mm. the key. The problem with the circle ones is not enough sur- surface area, and it has to bend around a surface like a nose. Right. So um, they should have just like, no. you know, they have fingertip bandages. They should have nose tip bandages. Yeah. Because apparently- Nose cots. What, this is the most common place to get pre-cancer is on the end of your nose because it's sticking out a lot. That's what the doctor said. So you would think oh, lots the of guys, hits it. gals as well. I don't quite understand. Uh, I don't know that you do, but I don't quite understand pre-cancer. Is it like the cells are starting to get yeah. wonky, but they haven't fully wonk eyes? Sure. It's not, a, it's not basal cell yet, but it's going to be a basal cell if you don't do something about it. And a basal cell is a certain, you know, I'm going to look it up. I've basal got the computer right here. Cancer, I'm out of control. But it's not the really serious, deadly kind of skin cancer. Although I guess if you let it go long enough, maybe it would be. But um, basal cell is like the most common. It's just what you want. It's the, if you get a, if it turns into basal cell, you have to get a surgery called the, this Mohs surgery, I think, is the only way to deal with it. Maybe there's other ways. And I had that. And they, it, they just basically cut a hole in your body until there's no more cancer. They just keep cutting it out. This is from Very Well Health. The term precancerous cell... um, Let's see. Precancerous cells are abnormal cells that are found on the continuum between normal cells and cancer cells. Unlike cancer cells, precancerous cells do not invade nearby tissues or spread to distant regions of the body. I see. There are many potential... So like they're not radicalized yet. Yes. But they have left their family. Right, 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 right. They're like, they're watching Rogan, but they haven't discovered, you know, uh, InfoWars. <laughs> I feel like we've really said a lot about Rogan. We're positive towards Rogan. We like Rogan, generally. I, you know, yeah. I like everyone. He's got issues, plus and minus. But I think he gets a lot of shit. Uh... And maybe he brings some of that on himself. I don't know. Well, he but, always says nice things about me. But I think and that, that's like, what's important to me. I think that what I would say about Rogan is that um, I appreciate the attempt to. I feel like he does give a fair hearing, and he will push back when people say shitty things sometimes. Yeah. And but he does have people on where but I'm he, like, mm. you know, and th- yeah, there's like a thing about platforming bad people. And is that ultimately like a bad thing? And, you know, that's a debate that can be had, but um, I don't think he's the bad guy. Um, there's like, look, if we're going to be, if we're going to be going after people, he's, he should really be low on your list, folks. <laughs> that's just my feeling. Um, um, we go ahead. And he has a tremendous influence. And again, if we're thinking tactically, like everyone went after Bernie for accepting his endorsement. It's like, uh, if Rogan's going to deliver a bunch of votes to your side, is that really a bad thing? <laughs> um, I don't know. Should we be turning away votes? That's just my feeling. But you know what we should be doing? What? Leaving comments. For Allison Rosen is your new best friend on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and I would like to highlight a few. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. Daniel, could you read the top one here? 
See Daniel, Hear Daniel by Ty in NoCal. Really appreciated the take this week. Would you fo- would follow you twice on Twitter if I could? Oh, thank you, Ty. Please try to follow me twice. Ty, I've lost a lot of followers. Now, that is a reference to unmute quants or whatever. Right? Maybe. I don't know. Well, I you in general, you felt you were losing followers. That was back during the during the race when I was tweeting a lot about Bernie Sanders, uh, and people got sick of me. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you all. I love you all. Even if you get sick of me, uh, listen. I try to be respectful. You know, I think I am. Um, I used to. I used to be a fucking Republican. People like I. I I'm. I understand. Have you shared that before? When you and I first met, yeah, I was I was a Republican sort of. You actually, didn't believe in voter suppression. Well, okay, so like when we met, I was in my transition period where I um you were you were just precancerous. I was no, I was uh wait, so is is uh being liberal or being a lefty a form of cancer honey is that what you're saying i don't know i feel like i got hoist on my own petard <laughs> I'm there not sure what you're uh i started out my political life on the left um and i was a dedicated uh believer in mondale in, <laughs> no well i mean you know wait how old was i when my, i was i was 11 yeah when mondale jo- i was just it's a it's what i call a joke uh, no, I never. I was funny. never a fan of Reagan or Bush. I supported. I mean, here, I'm trying to make this quick. No one gives a shit. But it's like I'm uh, actually surprised you're going into it since I was going. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sh- save that because uh, <laughs> we also have. Not everyone feels so positively about the show or you. Read this top uh, one. Oh no! Final straw. Here we go. Long time. This is by Final Straw now. You know? Do you think that they came up with that? name and we're just waiting for an opportunity <laughs> one of these days it's gonna be come on and then it's like years go by and yeah, then finally you know probably. it's here and it's now they get to to write about it long time listener but can't listen anymore daniel and his politics are too much to take i first heard you on adam and actually stopped listening to him and have been listening to you since you left but daniel's politics are too much to take see you later well that's too bad well maybe you'll come back someday i don't think that like uh, here's what I would say about you. I would. I have been. It's been such a light touch in terms of my political talk. Yeah, you don't podcast. know how it could be, you guys. But I mean, honestly, though, even jokes aside, like I've made a couple like statements here and there, but like it's not like I'm up here. Well, maybe maybe this episode. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing, right? No, like, it's been it's been not. It could be so much worse. It could be so much. <laughs> It could be so much worse. Sometimes in the middle of the night, Daniel will have a head full of steam and want to talk to me about it. And that is... Fun for everyone. (laughs) So anyway, here's what I would say. You guys, I'm sorry if it's too much to take. uh, If, But I, I would suggest that if what I'm saying is putting you off so much... And you're having such a reaction that you can't listen anymore. Mm, maybe it's time to think about why you're mm. having such a strong reaction mm. to what I'm saying. Mm. Don't you think? Like, sure. I mean, like, if is am I challenging something that feels like a threat to you? 
Like, because I don't really think that anything I've said is really that radical, but maybe it is. Anyway, God, now now people really don't care. Okay, so here. So yeah, make this, I love you, make it succinct though, because I have got to pee. (laughs) So like, again, I, you know, I supported, you know, Democrats through, you know, Gore and all that. And then uh, 9-11, like, twisted my brain in a pretzel. And I, I think it was, be- I could go into it, but I think it was because I sat there in jury duty for 10 straight days where all I did was sit in a room watching TV. And I think I was really traumatized by that. And I just became... You mean after 9-11? Yeah, after 9-11. And it kind of like... It, I won't. I will not get into my political evolution. If, if people, people want to know, I'm happy to talk. Yeah, about we can it, do it in a future. But show. this is not what this is not what this show is. But let's just say that like there 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 came a point where I started to say, wait a minute, the the right was starting to lose me because I was all about national security. Mm-hmm. And would you say that you became a neocon? I would say sort of. I I I, I believed in strong national security, and I didn't understand economics mm-hmm. like at all. And, but I worked in business and I f- sort of consider myself capitalist. And um, there's a lot of values that the right espouses that I, th- I go, yeah, that, I agree with that. And, uh, but then, toward, you know, toward the end of the Bush years, and then in, in particular when Obama became president, I just feel like th- my personal feeling was that the right went just off the rails. And they lost me. And then, it was like, well, I don't have a home. And then I became like more of a centrist Democrat. And now I'm a fucking democratic socialist. But like, I came to this position through just saying, okay, I have to learn. I have to learn about stuff I don't know. I have to listen to voices I haven't been listening to. And my mind was, I was educated about a lot of stuff I just didn't know. And um, I wish I had a somewhere if people cared where I could talk about it. Maybe I'll get a Twitch stream or something like that and talk about it there. Um but, it's interesting because when I first met you, your views weren't unusual to me. Well, we didn't talk about it that much because I would come home from doing the Adam Carolla show and I just didn't have the bandwidth to like really engage with that kind of talk. Right. But He's a little ranty. <laughs> and uh, you didn't have an appetite for <laughs> rants. For rants yeah. um, but... You know, I had come from doing a lot of stuff on Fox where I was like, yeah. I did not share that, you know, viewpoint. I would consider myself sort was, of a Greg Gutfeld type yeah. in terms of my attitude, like more of a... And like he also a, had been liberal and Breitbart had been yeah, liberal. Like, they had all been liberal. It's like, kind of they, like coming from a sort of punk ethos of like, right. I live in a very liberal community. I'm annoyed by these fucking people. A lot of it was reactionary to that. Mm-hmm. So... It was not foreign for me to be around this viewpoint since it's weird how I had like, I was sort of the lone liberal in conservative circles for a while. It was weird how I fell into that. Um, So I wasn't, I was familiar with these, the views that you had, but it was like, huh, it's weird that I am in a relationship with someone who's on that side of the aisle. I didn't mm-hmm. think that I would ha- that that would be the case. And I then look at you now. 
But I will say that I didn't consider myself really on a side of the aisle. But to, but to me, to you, yeah, from yeah. Your because point, when I remember when we were talking about voter ID laws, and you're and you at that time, and I was like, it's it, it's voter suppression, and you're like, how can it be wrong to ask someone to show so their ID? This is this is why I'm sympathetic to maybe more sympathetic to people on the right than a lot of other people on the left because I understand that and I don't mean this insulting because I'm talking about myself here um I didn't understand the issue well it and is kind issue, of counterintuitive and the issue is almost always presented on mm-hmm. the right as perfectly rational right and common sense why would and why you wouldn't sh- you yeah. agree with that and and it's like so it becomes like, well, yeah, it must be because you are like sinister, anti-democrat, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. because like, of course, you know, an ID, like, why wouldn't you? Until you start to really think it through. And I hadn't thought it through. Mm-hmm. I was just taking it at face value. I'm like, well, what's so wrong with that? That seems like obviously show an ID and then you get to vote. And it's like, well, there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons why a person should be, um, should have the right to vote even if they don't have an ID. You know, there's uh, the the problems of voter ID are non basically non-existent. I mean, like if you think about what it takes, what it takes to cast an illegitimate vote, and then the punishment for it is prison, and the reward is one vote. <laughs> no. It doesn't make. Any sense, which is why it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. No one would risk five years in jail for a vote that nobody believes. No one believes their vote matters anyway. Right. Right. Like I know. And it's like if it were happened to the degree that it would have to happen, then people would notice because the voter rolls are checked. They know who they're sending the ballots to and they know who they're getting the ballots from. And so if they're getting ballots from people they didn't send it to or they're getting multi, they would know. So these are things that just they don't happen. But on the surface, Mm -hmm. it like I totally agree with it's like, oh, what's wrong with that? You know, and then you go, oh, and then you start to learn about the people who are the architects of it. Like, for example, the guy that died this year or last year, who was basically the guy that was the architect of all this voter suppression shit, he died. His daughter um, found the cache of files that she's, you know, Democrat in his computer. And then that's why all of these like maps got turned. I mean, a lot of people may not know this, but like in North Carolina, uh, I think Wisconsin, like a few states where there were these gerrymandered maps, the Supreme Courts of the state. Uh, said they're unconstitutional because of the shit that came out where oh. this guy basically was saying straight up, we need to suppress the vote and this is how to do it. So you go, okay. You know, you start to learn that stuff and you realize, oh, wow, I was a little bit naive about this. And, you know, hey, listen, everybody, if you're listening to the show, I feel you, you've got to have a good heart. Like, I don't know. I just don't think you can be a fan of my wife's or this show and be like an asshole. And so if you're listening to this show and you disagree with me, I still love you. It's okay. If you come to me in good faith, I may even engage you in a conversation if I have the time. Um, You shouldn't be threatened by this. We're all just trying to make this world a better place. Unless you vote for Trump and then, you know, you can fuck right off. Hmm. Sorry, I had to add that last part. I'm raw. <laughs> That's okay. Um, listen. They're getting too much of me. They want more of you, honey. I know. I <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. 
You know, here's the thing. Sort of like, sort of like um, termites yeah. creep in when you're like <laughs> looking else. Like you happened to catch me, and I don't know if I'm talking about them or you, at a time when I am like, I'm kind of distracted and I really need to pee and I'm tired and um, I feel a little bit out of it. And so Daniel seized control. I'm, I'm just in a it's state. It's your Band-Aids. You're the Band-Aid king, and now you're trying to make yourself the podcast it's Alpha king. Dan. Uh, <laughs> he will not be here next week. Alpha Dan How, is going to What are you going to do? Kill him? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him just wander off <laughs> into the darkness. He's just going to re- be replaced by... The, Regular you Dan? caffeinated Dan. Caffeinated <laughs> Dan is much... You caffeinated on top of your Alpha, didn't you? I'm so sorry, folks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I think it's okay. I like I like you. I, I love you. Well. They're just getting... I mean, they're getting a like, concentrated you blast. Know what I, I feel like people sign up for the Allison Rosen. And then they got, they got they a get, bait and switch. And they get me. And, uh, you know, I am also more interested in Allison Rosen on paper. <laughs> but probably in reality more interested in me. And I thought with Quabi, you I thought oh, you're going to be oh. the f- Oh no. Are we into are we into announcements yet? The end of the yeah, show? Yeah. This is the end of the show. This week watch that space my Insta there I there will be a very important Quabi announcement, <laughs> Quabi related. So, you know, Daniel Quants on Instagram. I'm so excited for the rollout. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, you recent when you were talking about Quabi, you said that you're going to be the future of this show of Allison Rose's best friend. So it makes sense that you would take over. A little I'm just bit. forging new ground. I'm like frontier. I'm on the frontier. You know, you're you're back in Virginia. You know, you're making the laws. You're creating this nation. I'm on the frontier. Are uh, you the public facing element of Allison Rose's you know, new best friend? Conquering new ground. Idea. You know, taking native people's land. In, at Twitter, and that's me. No, no, you're back in you're in the you know in the original colony. I feel like you're taking my land. No, I'm I'm expanding your territory. Your manifest destiny, Yang Allison Rosen's your best friend. Yes, like Twitch is California, and I'm oh. about to get to California and you know make it part of Allison Rosen's your best friend states. The thing about this metaphor, it is airtight and perfectly. Ethically pure. It's not problematic. Not Especially problematic. Especially not right now. At all. Listen, I'm also on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Uh, bonus episode with Jeff Fox recently. Jeff Fox. The, um, Chef Jeff. Chef Jeff. Miss Chef Jeff. You miss him, yeah. I do. I do too. Uh, We've got to get him on a Thursday show. Videos from the Thursday shows, sometimes the Monday shows. All sorts of fun stuff. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I'm also on Cameo. I was just hired. I was just... Someone just nabbed People my Cameo. advantage of this they get on it cameo.com slash allison rosen um have you bought my book do so allisonrosen.com um for all allison rosen related things and uh listen to childish and again just gonna say it again please leave a review please leave a positive one if that feels right for you daniel do you have anything to plug oh uh hey if you want to watch something really great uh, my company has released, we've released a few documentaries uh, that are worth watching. There's a documentary called Whose Streets. There's a documentary called Toni Morrison. Um, 
about Toni Morrison, the writer. She's a pretty interesting person. And the, but all but very. I, I want to highlight. There's a movie called "I Am Not Your Negro," and um, the previous two movies you can see for free in certain cities. I think it's called the James L. Knight Foundation. Look it up. Uh, they're having special uh, screenings. Um, but w- these, just check it out. If you want to watch something good, informative, uh, you want to learn about the African-American experience, um, highly recommend. And there you have it. Daniel, thank you for joining me. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Yeah, Alison Rosen is your new best.